Hello, everybody. This is Let's Be Us. I am your host, Dewan Fonset. Also joined with Kalia Dea. And today's podcast, we're going to be talking about My Brother's Husband by the same artist of our last episode, Ginkaro Tamagiki. All right, everybody. The title, My Brother Husband. Interesting, right? What do you think? Definitely. I know, like, before we even started reading, we had, like, little mini theories going of, like, what does this mean? What's this going to incite in the relationships between, you know, these characters? What's going to happen? We kind of had it with the assumption it was going to take a darker turn. I, I definitely felt like, I don't know. So, with my history of reading, a, like, you know, a lot of gay mangas, gay stories, you know, I never read a story that's going to be about an affair and that's the main reason why I really looked into it so and where it's going to go and then this is by the same author who did Our Colors and it was such an uplifting story about you know what do gay young teens go through and then you jumped into gay affair that's like yeah that's, that's the assumption yeah so before we even dive too deep let me tell you a little bit about the story now we follow the perspective of yaichi a single father with a daughter named kana and his wife passed away and he is grieving with his you know brother-in-law that's what people say brother-in-law and the brother-in-law is his brother his late brother as well his brother is passed his late brother's husband, and they're grieving over the death of his brother. Now, I'm also going to throw in that Yaichi has a twin, and that's who has passed away. And we're going to be looking into a lot about homophobia today, and we're going to be talking about how two different worlds about gay culture is going to be clashing as well and trust me this is a really interesting story so the title is definitely a misnomer and i need everyone to put up with me with everything because i'm telling you i think this book is really good that the author he put i believe everything happened in this story for a reason and i feel like everything that happens in this story has some type of symbolism and I could be like yo dude calm down so let's talk about it my brother's husband that title means something honestly yes because of course like we mentioned at the top like we had our assumptions going into it my brother's husband and the idea that oh this twin brother of Yaichi has passed and in comes his husband Mike this guy that Yaichi's never met. Is there going to be some kind of relationship that develops? Is there some kind of turmoil that happens? Something that would, you know, have some like juicy drama? Like that's the perspective that you might come in with that. As far as we can tell, that's not necessarily the case. And that's what I like about it. It to me, it feels like us as viewers, it shows how cliche we are and how unpredictable as an artist that Tamagigi is 
and how we did not see that coming and it just shows that we just think about gay manga and nothing else no he, this dude threw a grieving um dark past type of story that so unexpected and it's not even a love story and he is used to doing love stories and we over here are going to be like oh my god is it going to be an affair love develops we're wrong and i just love how he did that and that's so creative and so unpredictable and it shows how predictable we are i feel like i'm the cliche <laughs> like literally we're cliches over here like this is some sitcom mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. um so the story starts off in chapter one we're going to be discussing only chapter one to chapter four. But in chapter one, we are introduced to Mike. Now, Mike is from Canada. Um, Yaichi's brother, Ryoji, that's his twin brother. Now, keep this in mind. Again, a lot of symbolism. Twin brother moved to Canada, came out as gay, and married a guy named Mike. And then he passed away. Mike came to Japan to live the life that his late husband lived, to see what he saw, to gain the experience and knowledge of where his background, where he came from, and you know to learn more about his family that he never got the opportunity to meet before his late husband passing. Now, as we get introduced to Mike, Yaichi opens the door and there is this big, burly, white, American, Canadian man just there. And the dude is teary-eyed and just randomly just hugs him. Now, just there, again, put up with me. I think that's symbolism. Twins. They are twins. So what do you think? Like, there are identical twins. My late husband passed and I... Like, knock on this door, boom, his brother. Right then and there. Oh, my God. I see my husband right there. Mm -hmm. The memories just flow. It's like he's literally, it feels like he's looking at his husband. The fact that he came there with the purpose to connect with his husband on a deeper level, you know, after his passing, and he sees his brother, that's going to bring up emotions in the spur of the moment. It just makes me feel like that the author put a lot of thought into that. Like, there's a lot of symbolism. Like, this is a grieving story. Not only that the, the twin brother is grieving over his death, but the husband is also grieving over the death. But it's like, I got to look at his face. But, you know, he did choose to come here, and I bet he probably mentally prepared himself. But As best as he could. I don't think nobody compared, prepared <laughs> himself for that. That is so, that's like talking about speak of the dead. Like, literally. Mm -hmm. It's a constant reminder for him. But, side note, Yuichi, this man is homophobic. He, not only that he did not get the chance to only grieve over his brother's death, he never had the time to mentally process the idea that his brother was gay. And I know for y'all listeners, um, what do you mean? Why do you need to process that? Yeah, I agree. Trust me. At the start of this chapter, this man does not have a good picture. So that is a fair warning. Because I have a theory. So as we dive a little bit deeper into chapter one, he shows him around. He shows him 
where Mike is going to sleep and where he's going to stay at. And get this. He gave him the room that his late brother lived in. I know you got strong feelings about it. It's like, I can understand where you feel it may seem disrespectful, it may seem like too much, too soon, but this is where I think the artwork comes in handy. Like, it depicts Mike actually being grateful. And yes, people grieve in different ways. You know, his reaction could be, oh, this is just one way that I can, you know, still process the death of my husband. But I think with the fact that He's in a whole nother place. He's on the whole nother side of the world. Yeah. He's in a new environment. The fact that he has some kind of semblance of his husband to have, even if it's a space he used to reside in, I think that's something that is consoling, that's comforting in a way. And I feel like the artwork depicts that. The fact that, you know, he happens to be like on his knees, you know, touching the carpet, smiling. It doesn't look like he has tears. But of course, you know, you have a different view of it. I mean, so, viewers, I mean, listeners, this is a house. In the house, he even mentioned that there are two open rooms, and one of the rooms was the late brother's room, but the secondary room was not clean, so he wasn't, you know, meant for someone to sleep in yet. He tells him that, and he told he tells Mike, if you could just give me a couple of minutes to prepare that room. In my perspective i would never have mentioned that room i would never even escort him to that room i would i would probably escort him to the living room and give me a couple of minutes to prepare the room and you know this will actually jump right into our next question about was mike expected or was not expected to be there and is he overstaying his welcome was he even wanted so again and that's how I feel. I felt like he should have showed him a different room. But again, coming from, um, you know, Mike, I'm grieving my husband. And, you know, if I'm taking the opportunity, I came here to Japan to learn more about him. You know, maybe he would want to sleep in the same room to get more close to him, to embody him. So there's a lot of love right there, you know. If y'all looking for some gay love, that's some gay love right there. <laughs> someone grieving over me. I want someone to grieve over me. <laughs> now, next question. Was Mike unexpected or expected? I definitely think he was unexpected. Like, the reaction. It kind of like how you have a scene where someone opens a door literally and it's like, oh, this person's here. There's that awkward silence. The camera's going back and forth between the people. That's basically what's depicted in the beginning. And... From what I understanding, Mike has to introduce himself to Yaichi and to Kana. Like, this isn't someone who's been brought up in their life before that they've actually met. It's really a whole introduction phase. Yeah, because, like, again, guys, this is another graphic novel. The dude opened the door, and to keep this in mind, I want to give you a good visual sense. Mike is from Canada. This man is wearing a Hawaiian shirt, T-shirt with a bear on it, I think, and green shorts. And everybody else is like, yo, dude, it's cold out here. And you over here dressed like it's summer. And not only that, you're, I'm guessing, he's what, 6'1"? This man yeah, is he's tall. very tall, yeah. So, it's very unexpected. And me, I'm a Japanese guy. I'm from this country. And 
we dress like this, dude, you are a different character. But again, put up with me. That is symbolism. Why? Hear me out. I feel like the introduction of Mike is closely similar to introducing yourself as a gay man or coming out to family members or friends that you're gay. I'm going through this. Hello, this is me, like it or not. And when you get to meet Mike's character, he is somewhat unapologetically gay. Like, this man does not hide it and he's not too flamboyant, but as he introduces himself to the family and tells stories about his late husband, he's not keeping any secrets. So that's what I think the introduction is some type of symbolism and I could be wrong, but if it is, and if I am right, God, that is just a good, that's, that's really good work. Mm -hmm. And I think it's reasonable too, because even when it comes to the conversations they have, you know, Kana being in the midst of it most of the time, you know, her own curiosity as a young child asking, wait, so you were married to my uncle, two men. She comes with the precursor saying, oh, that's weird. And here's where Yaichi mentally comes in with like, yeah, that is weird. You know, his intrusive thoughts, his thinking, this is abnormal to me. This isn't something I'm used to. But Kana diverts with her, you know, childhood innocence with that's weird that that's normal where you are, but not here where we live in Japan for that to be so accepted. Yeah. And for Kana, I feel like she also represents some type of symbolism as bridging the gap between two cultures and keeping in mind that this is a little girl. So, and she's probably in elementary. We yeah. don't have a set age of what age she is. But we do know she looked like she could be in elementary school. And when you're that young, you're, of course, your curiosity is peak. But we do get a taste that of that pre-exposure, a little bit prejudice to someone that's not from her country. Because when she learns that Mike is from Canada, she used a derogatory term, like a description of foreigners. And the father had to tell her, you can't call Mike that. But, you know, I feel like for her to have that vocabulary, she learned it from, you know, her own upbringing. And, but I also love her. Like, she is a bright, bubbly, exciting, wanting to learn little girl. She's pure innocence. And the author is using her to get to her dad to get to Mike and that's bridging that connecting and I feel like that's a good thing but at the same time I do feel like the brother do has some evil intent because he hid the identity of Mike and his brother from her so I think that's a little bit suspicious but at the same time you know the brother did walk out on that family yeah that is understandable I think for Yaichi, it really is a whole learning process. It's a whole thing to get acclimated with because with that obvious like distance between him and his brother Ryoji, there's stuff that from his past that he I'm assuming just wasn't comfortable talking about yet. He wasn't comfortable, you know, confronting full on. 
and though it's an unexpected way to go about it, you know, Mike all of a sudden coming to his home, being introduced to his daughter, I think having Kana there makes it a little easier. I mean, it does make it a little bit easier, but throughout the story, a little bit in chapter two, he does have more hiccups where I say that it makes him strongly homophobic and like a good example that I think we will I would love to touch on is where um, Yaichi is coming out the shower and as I know Yaichi is a single dad stay-at-home dad um, he is pretty fit for a gentleman that doesn't leave the house as much and he is you know pretty handsome but when he took a shower, it shows the panel, again, a graphic novel, and his thought bubble, hmm, let me think twice before I walk out the bathroom only in my underwear, where the daughter even says to her father, Dad, why are you walking out the bathroom with full clothes on? You normally walk around in your underwear. That tells me something that that I feel like that's a lot of homophobia because he's literally thinking that this man is gay. I'm the twin and I don't want to be seen in no sexual way. And I'm like, guy, dude, you can't be thinking like that. That's not that's not right. That's not fair either. And that's what I say. The twin, him being a twin represents something. I, I honestly understand where you come from. Like, surface level, someone could have the interpretation like, well, maybe he's just being considerate that he has a guest. There's someone in his home that he doesn't want to make uncomfortable, that he doesn't want to have an awkward encounter with. Yet, with the context that, you know, this is someone who married his twin brother. They look exactly alike. And like you are mentioning, the homophobia, he may have that presumption oh, if I show myself in a way to him, he may take it, you know, sexually, he may take it romantically. And that's wrong on his part to have that kind of thinking. You shouldn't assume, oh, just because he like, he likes men that he was with my husband or with my brother, that he's going to automatically transfer that attachment, that interest into me. That's not fair to Mike. So here's a good question. Do you think him being a twin plays a role with that thought process? Do you think, again, the symbolism of being a twin? Uh, guys, I'm telling you, I'm diving too deep. <laughs> it has to be. Absolutely. I think that's reasonable because, you know, it's one thing already. Say they weren't twins anyway. It was just, you right. know, brother, biological. Even so, there's the aspect of they're both males. He knows Mike is attracted to males. There's going to be, again, unjustifiably that assumption, oh, he may be attracted to me. Again, that ignorance being shown. But the fact that he is a twin, they look just alike, there's going to be that added worry that, oh, he may bring that kind of attention, that attraction towards me because we look literally alike. So with that being said, let me read one panel and I think I can recall it. He did say, well, he was attracted to my brother, which means he was attracted to me. Wrong answer. Mm -hmm. Wrong answer. If I was married to someone that had a twin, 
my love is only strictly to that one twin. But it's the fact that I can have a understanding of what he is processing is crazy and which is just I'm like I'm smiling so bad because being a twin in this book plays such a major role and is so just so odd. Mm-hmm. It is so mm-hmm. odd and out of pocket and unexpected for a novel. This is I never read something like this. I never have. Okay, let's see. Now, I did mention there are some evil intent in here. And I also I, think it's interesting you use the adjective evil intent when talking about Yaichi. Here's the thing. The reason why I think it's evil because I know like I said, we are talking about the topic of homophobia and how it affects men overall. And how homophobia is coming from a different culture background like Japan. How it's very different from us in America and probably the same for Canada. Mike explains where when they were sitting down eating dinner, the daughter did ask a lot of questions about her late uncle and about her new uncle, Mike, about what's different, what's going on in Canada. And he explains, oh, Canada is not too different from Japan. We also have sushi here, too. We um, we do the same type of things, like, you know, kids go to school. But she's more curious about the roles. And now, if I'm probably wrong about if there is any symbolism right there, where, you know, a little kid is bringing up roles and dynamics for relationships and she's probably used to you know male and female and she says who's the wife and who's the husband he explains to her that you know since i'm a man there is no wife and they're just husband and husband and she asks how come japan doesn't allow this and how come only americans and people in canada can do this but we can't I mean, the dad, in the next panel, his they show a thought bubble of his intrusive thought. I wish he would not speak. He does not want his own daughter to speak. That's a little bit evil. I mean, it's not evil. I just think it's a little extreme. Yeah, for it's, him to it's harsh something. because it's like denying an open dialogue. Thankfully, he's keeping that in his mind. He's allowing her to express these ideas and to you know, actively think through it, but it's still showing his own resistance to wanting to talk about the topic at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's any symbolism in that for him to keep having those intrusive thoughts, maybe because it has a lot of tie to his late brother. Maybe it's the grief talking because, you know, a lot of people can process grief differently. I surely don't understand because I never had a husband. I never had someone that close to me pass away. So I can't understand, but you know, you have someone that's that married into your family right there in front of you, and you know you can be a little open-minded about the grief and try to understand. You know that's probably asking a lot, but I don't know. I don't know. But moving forward, we're probably now in chapter three, where Mike's explains himself why he's visiting Japan and he tells him that he wants to visit 
a lot of these locations that is very important to Ryuchi, his late husband. And he wants to visit him because, you know, he loved these locations. He grew up here. He wanted to visit his elementary school, his favorite park. Now, this is where the evil intent comes from. Now, out of all the locations, um, Yaichi does help him find these locations, but he gives him a map and circle all the locations, right? He then, Mike comes home and he visits all the locations and he says he had a good time, but the most important location that he wanted to see was an oak tree that his late husband loved, but it was torn down. And Yaichi, all he had to say to that, oh yeah, I forgot that the hurricane blew it down, I guess. It's the fact that he said, I guess. I feel like you live in this neighborhood, you should have known. You're living in your family's home where you was up, where you was brought up you should know enough about your own location, your own environment to tell this man that that tree is taken down. I felt like that you set him up. I feel as though he set him up for the room just to make him sad. Mm. I feel like that's an interesting interpretation and I'm not totally set on it myself, but I do feel like, well, first of all, yes, it is strange. I do agree with that, that premise of this is a space that you're familiar with, very much so. You would definitely be aware of some, you know, natural catastrophe bringing down the tree. I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily agree that it's a harmful intent, you know, against Mike. It yeah. could have been, you know, a slip up. It could have just been in the midst of figuring out oh, all the locations where these places are, making sure Mike doesn't get lost. Um, but I will say that note is interesting, you know, of all those places, that one in particular, he forgets that that occurred. I mean, I could say that I'm being a little biased, me as a gay man, <laughs> and I could be a little skeptical of listening and talking to a heterosexual that is a little prejudiced and close-minded, but, you know... That's how. That's my opinion. That's my viewpoint, and I could be wrong, which will actually will dive into why I'm wrong, because Yaichi does get redemption. Now, during the time that Mike was out and about looking at these locations, he has a one-on-one -on -one conversation with his daughter, and the daughter is just infatuated with Mike, and the dad just had to ask. Why are you so happy about a stranger from Canada that you have never met before? And she says, Dad, aren't you not happy that I, your daughter, have a uncle from Canada who is gay? That to me sounds cool. And he thinks about it and he repeats that same thought at least three times in this panel. And then he starts to smile. You know what? That does sound a little cool. It does sound cool. And that tells me that he warms up a little bit. But I also feel like the damage has been done. Mm. So, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next in Chapter 5, everybody. He might get a redemption. He might not. But him smiling 
I, I look forward to, to continue reading this book. I really do. I would agree. You know, there's room for, obviously, progression. Like, I feel like Kana is going to be the driving force throughout the story to continue pushing Yayuchi and his, you know, comfort. You know, mm -hmm. understanding that, at the end of the day, Mike is a human being. Mike is someone that was close to someone, you know, Yaichi cared about his brother and though that relationship may not have lasted it may not have been completely positive there's still room for a positive connection to be made that's worth exploring and also worth challenging whatever negative connotations or assumptions you know Yaichi would have yeah I, I can definitely agree with that you know there's a lot to take in like all of that alone is a lot to take in and then you know, you see how we hardly even touch on, in the book, hardly touch on the passing of his late wife. And I don't even think that has any symbolism, but it could. Maybe he forgot. Maybe the wife didn't really play a big role. I mean, maybe he is going through a lot of grief. And, you know, when you are grieving and whenever you're feeling these strong negative emotions, it could just come out as anger. Because, like, you know, throughout the whole book, and I remind you, this is a graphic novel, so everything, you know, drawn, Yaichi is hardly seen with a smile. So he doesn't really, you know, express any positive emotions that often throughout the book. But, you know, I could be wrong. But hey, guys, give this book a chance. We're going to read more in Chapter 5. The book is called My Brother's Husband. This is Let's Be Us. I'm your host, Dewan Fonset. Also joined by Kalia Dea. That's all, folks. <laughs>